Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. The Waco History Podcast is sponsored by Brotherwell Brewing on Historic Bridge Street in Waco. Welcome to the Waco History Podcast. We're going to air for you over the next few months a special series of Waco History Living Stories. Uh, these were segments that were originally aired on KWBU here in Waco. Uh, they were produced by the Institute for Oral History editor, Michelle Holland, and narrated by two fabulous narrators, uh, Louis Mazet and Kim Patterson. And so these highlight oral histories from the collection of the Institute for Oral History at Baylor University, which I direct, which has been around since 1970 and has over a thousand interviews related to Waco and McLennan County history, and we're happy to highlight those here. The only constitutional amendment to ever be repealed is the 18th Amendment, which was repealed by the 21st, and that was Prohibition. Here we hear stories of surviving Prohibition of the 1920s. Then the night came alive with gunfire. He knew that at last it had been found. Prohibition in the United States led to the decade most associated with flowing alcohol and crime. The 18th Amendment, on the heels of the Volstead Act, put into place a national ban on the sale, manufacture, and transportation of alcohol in 1920. Local law enforcement agencies were not prepared. Helen Geltemeyer of Waco recalls a relative concocting whiskey during Prohibition. Mm-hmm. But I have an aunt, his sister, in mm-hmm. Austin made it. They mm-hmm. made it in their bathtub. Mm-hmm. And the reason why they did there, because uh, if they found out the cops were coming, they just let it go down the drain. <laughs> Anne and William Walco of Winbur, Pennsylvania, explain how Prohibition affected the moonshine trade. My grandmother, oh. they said she was in jail almost every weekend. they take her to jail, my mother would have to find somebody to go bail her out, you know. Wow. But that was... A survival, they had, they needed money, so they would make the moonshine, and these bachelors were all living with people, you know, they worked in the mine, mm-hmm. and uh, they would, she'd sell them bottles, you know, and they'd, they'd pick my grandmother up, and away she'd go yeah. off to jail. Yeah, but no, she wasn't the only one, there was a lot of women around this area. Mm-hmm. I remember my mom, and that they used to make, my grandma used to make that moonshine down the cellar, and I noticed... They'd put it in a, in a little spoon and they'd light it to see if it would burn. You knew it was good. Strong. Yeah, you knew it was good. Wow. I didn't know what they were doing at that. But then this one time when they heard the cops coming around, boy, they got rid of that stuff, <laughs> the, yeah. the, the cars and everything else. Folklorist and educator Martha Emmons of Mansfield describes her and her father's impressions of prohibition. I remember a lot of people that thought it was so cute to um, break the law and I know my father used to say, now he was um, pretty well on the idea of strict construction of the Constitution of states' rights. He was brought up in that, don't you see? And he used to be in favor 
of local option because he said he was in favor of uh, prohibition on a state scale, if anybody could enforce it. But he said, you just watch it. It will not be enforced on an, uh, the bigger the scale, the less the enforcement will be. And he did think it was a degrading thing to have laws on the statute books that were not enforced and not obeyed. And uh, now a lot of people said that when they say I'm for local option, that that was just a cop-out, that uh, we want statewide prohibition. But I know it was often discussed around that supper table at home, and I heard so much of my father's sentiment. Now, he wasn't above taking a drink. As, as I tell you, we grew up on whiskey, and the doctors told us, though, that in prohibition there would be something else. I used to think, what in the world will we do if we get sick? Because whiskey was available to everybody, and that was a common remedy that we all had. Throughout the 20s, prohibition grew steadily more unpopular, and enforcement proved impossible. In the spring of 1933, President Roosevelt signed an amendment to the Volstead Act, and in December, Utah's ratification of the 21st Amendment officially repealed the 18th Amendment, bringing an end to prohibition. Thanks for listening to the Waco History Podcast. Like what you heard? Subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes so we can reach more listeners. You can find show notes and info on every episode at wacohistorypodcast.com and more info on Waco's past at wacohistory.org. Our theme music, used with permission, is Cross the Brazos at Waco, performed by the late Billy Walker. For more info on Billy's music, go to billywalker.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.